First, just a little liturgical history because we have our catechumens and candidates with us and we all can learn a little bit. Advent originally was a maybe even third baptismal time. The first one was, of course, Easter. And Pentecost got connected. And then finally, Epiphany, January the 6th. And so there were preparation times for each of those. Lent for Easter, the period of Easter for Pentecost, and then this Advent time prepared for baptisms at Epiphany. Again, about a 40-day period. Later, we kind of shifted Epiphany to Christmas, and that's kind of where we are in the West. But it took a while for this Advent time to get its amount of weeks. We're used to it being four weeks, but in some cultures, for example, in Milan, the Ambrosian Rite has six weeks. And in the Gallic or French and Spanish tradition, it would begin with the Feast of Martin of Tours, which is November 11th. But what happened was that it became, like Lent, not so much a baptismal time, it became a time of penance. And in fact, people who were doing years of penance back in the old days would do these basically 40-day periods as their penance instead of doing it the whole year. And so this was a time of penance. And because it was a time of penance, like in Lent, the church felt that we needed a break. And so in Advent, we have Gaudete Sunday, this Sunday in the middle. Rejoice, that's what it means. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. You should remember that passage. For folks to take a breather from their penance. So, no penance today. In Lent, we have a similar Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent, that has a different verb but the same meaning, letare Sunday, again rejoice Sunday, taking a break from your penance. So, that's more than you wanted to know about Advent, but here we are. Advent is, of course, the great time of waiting for the Lord to come the first time while remembering he's going to come a second time. So our readings kind of speak to both. Our gospel is a lovely gospel. It reminds us of who Jesus is and who John the Baptist is. So let's take a look at, verse, at both of them. John was in prison. You should remember how he got to prison. He insulted the wife of Herod. And uh, so he got thrown into prison. And Herodias' daughter, we gave her a name, Salome, danced for Herod. And he was drunk. And he says, whatever you want, I will give you. So she goes, talks to mama. And mama says, I want the head of John the Baptist. Okay. You might know that story. So he's in prison for insulting Herod and his wife. And he wants to know if his life has been fulfilled. So he sends 
some of his disciples to Jesus. Are you the one? Or should we look for somebody else? For us, that's an important question. We are looking for the Lord. What are we looking for? Jesus answers very emphatically, tell John that the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised, and maybe more possible for us, the poor have the good news preached to them. That's still our task. That's who our Jesus is. He is one who gives us sight and hearing and strength to walk and the ability to preach good news, mercy, consolation to our world. Now, there are miracles, but we're not talking so much about physical sight or hearing, but the ability to see what God sees and to hear what he wishes us to hear and to walk in his way and to walk to help. That's part of our preaching the good news to the poor. So that is who our Jesus is. And you and I need to be reflecting that. Now, John the Baptist. Jesus asked the question, because people have this tendency to want to go running after different things. You know, there's some miracle or some message of Mary is appearing on some tree trunk or something. You know how that goes. And people go there to look at it. Okay. What do we go to see? And Jesus says, you didn't go to see someone all dressed in fine clothes in a palace. No, you went to see, yes, a prophet. Not some miracle, not some swaying reed or some cosmic miracle. You came to hear a prophet. And a prophet is someone who speaks the truth, not about the future, but about today. Today, this is what we need to hear. And then he makes this incredible statement that is very enigmatic, but what most scholars say seems to make sense to me. He says that John is the greatest of all people born of woman, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Sounds strange. But if you look at it temporally, the gates of heaven were closed until Jesus rose from the dead and opened them. And he took the spirits who had been in Sheol waiting for that day with him as he took them up to heaven. He probably took the good thief with him too. But the gates of heaven had been closed. And so what he was saying, and I think this makes sense, what scholars say, That because John the Baptist died, he was beheaded, before Jesus even began his ministry, the synoptics say that Jesus began three years of ministry after John's death. John was down there in Sheol, the place of waiting of the righteous 
the spirits that First Peter talks about, waiting with all the great patriarchs and matriarchs for Jesus to save us and to take us up with him. And so what he is saying is that you and I, and of course the apostles in his time, who have experienced the resurrection of the Lord and believe that he is the Lord of life, we are greater than John the Baptist. And our faith tells us that because of our faith, whenever we die, we will enter into the fullness of that life. We never get far from Easter. That is our feast. So this is what this third Sunday of Advent is about. It's recognizing whom do we wait for, the Lord. And he's going to come again a second time. And in the meantime, you and I are his witnesses, his martyrs. That's what that word means. And we are sent to proclaim the good news to everyone, to the poor, which we need to do in this Christmas season, to talk about what we believe and talk about life in the midst of so much death and tribulation and sorrow. There's always a cosmic aspect of it too. So the first reading talks about the earth blossoming and bringing forth flowers and good fruit. And the second reading says we have to be patient. Something that perhaps you and I aren't very good at, to be patient. The Lord will come. There will be judgment. And those who remain faithful will rise with him. And there we will see John the Baptist and everybody else and all of our loved ones who've gone on before us believing in him. This is what we wait for. And this is why we prepare once again for Christmas.